This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. Uh, at like, I don't know, 5.57pm <laughs> on Sunday, I was like, wow, what a great weekend of rugby league. We're going to have so much time to talk about South winning and Brisbane winning and all this other lovely stuff. And then um, a yeah. couple, of, couple of big stories have broken since then, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, like um, there was obviously some controversy before that last three or four minutes on on Sunday. A few issues over the weekend, but overall a really good weekend of footy and that Tigers-Cowboys game was a cracker. And now we're here pretty much 48 hours later. Mm. I'm exhausted. I am too. (laughs) So we're going to start with the uh, Manly Seagulls jumper controversy. I don't think we need to explain this to anyone. There's not a single person who could possibly be listening to this that doesn't know what we're talking about, but... um. Yes, uh, team lists have now been published and confirmed, and there are seven players who will not be playing for Manly on Thursday night due to their aversion towards a Pride jersey. Um, All seven players are of Pacific Islands descent, all deeply religious. Um, And yeah, Manly have... Only managed to name a 20-man squad, not the full 22, because they simply did not have enough players. Um, that's obviously very much secondary to the wider discussion. DCE and, and Coach Des Hasler fronted the media earlier today. But man, oh man, just what a shit show this entire thing has been. Yeah, just just like guys, like I, you know, Des wasn't really ready for what, what he had to do today. And me and you are not really the right people to break down this topic either. But we're going to do our best, or I want to do my best as well. And I was probably like anyone else who's progressive. I was really angry yesterday, really angry when I found out. And I probably thought and said some things that with hindsight, I probably wouldn't have said. And I think a lot of us played some silly games yesterday and probably still are, you know, trying to catch these players out on on, on X, Y, or Z. Oh, you do this, but you don't do that. But what I'd really say today is I'm... I'm I'm far more disappointed in, in everything than than angry and mm. and I'll start with you know if, well if you want like generic condemnation and anger at the issue like you can find that anywhere. It's not really what I'm interested in discussing between me and you today anyway because I think it's probably worth trying to understand a bit more of the issue than just being angry at everybody. Uh, I know yep. at first that we, we you said to me I said the same thing I was like what's going on these guys. Uh, support drinking and gambling and blah 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 and I think we kind of met ignorance with ignorance with that you know I, I think if you ask the players they wouldn't think that playing in that jersey or at that stadium with those sponsors is hypocritical you know like drinking is not a sin it's not like drunkenness is a sin and excess is a sin but drinking is not a sin you can drink alcohol I mean we drink the bloody we drink wine at church People, it's not a sin if you're a Christian you know, and I think people might have crossed their lines a little with Islam. You know, when when guys like Sonny Bill and similar are a, a anti drinking gambling and gambling is sinful things with gambling, but gambling directly is not a sin either. Like, there's you can look. I had to look up. I'm like, well, okay. Some people think it's sin, something it isn't. But obviously, there's no no place in the Bible that says, "Hey, you fellas can't support same game multis." 
you know, obviously. And but the things in there that they believed, you know, there is obviously parts of the Bible that says a man can't lie with a man. That's in there. I mean, that's mentioned like twice in the entire I Bible and I know, being drunk. I'm not trying to reason with it, man. Just saying that people like playing these gotcha games isn't going to achieve anything because it doesn't they have they don't felt like you got you, you got them when you say that stuff to them because they don't believe that. They believe in that certain thing. Like I think it's all garbage, right? And it's all interpretation. But as you said, the, the man lying with the man thing is a very small part, whereas the acceptance of other people is a large part of the message in the Bible. Yes. But yeah, I just think we got going down the wrong path when we start saying that type of stuff. Uh, like I I'm not sure I agree. Just because I mean, look, whether or not you want to get into the weeds about whether it's alcohol full stop or drunkenness or anything else, um there's other like there's a whole list of things in the Bible that are forbidden that these players do or take part in. Working on the Sabbath, Correct. wearing two forms of fabric uh, blended together, um, yeah, I, I get eating seafood. There's a that, bunch though. of things. Yeah, no, I understand that, and that's my whole issue with this is this the moral selectivism, and that is that I agree. It's in my opinion just being used as a crutch to hate gay people i mean my grandparents god love them have gone to church every saturday for like their entire lives and they both voted yes on the marriage for site my nan got a pride around scarford a swans game two years ago i mean it's it's not as though you have to be one or the other you can be accepting and be embracing of gay people and also be religious they're not mutually exclusive but these people are choosing to make it mutually exclusive well, and I, I agree with you on all that mate but that's what i'm saying like that's why i don't believe there's any point in those gotcha games with the bible stuff like it's mm. because they believe but I would just this, love to hear it doesn't matter about what else you say it's in the bible well I, I reckon i reckon if you ask on the players and this is a lot of we're doing a lot of assumptions which you're always going to feel like idiots or sound stupid doing that anyway but i think a lot of them probably say they don't hate gay people they would say that to you mate you're right probably they 100 would say that to you like that's oh you know I don't hate gay people, but you know they're probably going to help. It's most likely one of the responses you get from this discussion. Um, yeah, maybe. I, I just think that like it seems like a very strange place to draw a line in the sand, like a bit of rainbow coloring on a shirt. Yeah. I, I don't. Well, and I this, these these are these are players who and we we are beaten over the head repeatedly every single time. There's a player who's committed a crime off field or been done in the past for taking performance enhanced drugs or anything else we're beaten over the head constantly about how these clubs main priority is winning it's winning above all else but apparently it's winning above all else unless you have to wear a little bit of rainbow coloring on the front of your shirt and that's what gets yeah. me it's that there's blind eyes turned to playing in the same team as guys who've beaten their partners guys who've cheated on their partners guys who've committed common assault guys who've committed other crimes guys who've been busted for taking performance enhancing drugs or party drugs all of those things are i wouldn't say rampant but they're present in mm -hmm. i would guess every single nrl locker room but those things are apparently fine and that's what i can't get on board with i, I get where you're coming mm -hmm. from but that's what i that's the part i can't get on board with is this idea that like this is just their feelings and we should just accept that no, and I don't agree with that. I wasn't going to say that either. When there's all these other things that not just in my eyes, but you know, also in the eyes of the of of the sacred texts that they claim to be loyal to are also either hinted at being forbidden or very expressly 
forbidden. So, yeah, maybe you're right that it doesn't help, but I think it does at least a little bit highlight the hypocrisy of the situation. And if it gets one person to change its mind, then I think it's definitely a discussion worth having. No, I don't think worth making. What I'm more disappointed in is what you touched on there, mate. It's like, I'm not interested in trying to play gotcha games or catch them out on their religious beliefs because generally from my experience dealing with people who are religious, that doesn't get anywhere. Mm. What I'm more disappointed in is what you just said there, mate, is like, where have these players been on other issues? And to quote mm. our friend Mary from Ladies of League, her quote, she wrote an article is that, you know, these players are willing to stand by their mates and play alongside men that have engaged in mor- morally irreprehensible and in some cases illegal behavior. We rarely see them speak out about those kinds of behavior. We either hear deafening silence or defense of their friends. We rarely see leadership from the players in these situations. And it saddens Mary that those issues that the players want to speak about is inclusion when they seem so willing, unwilling to speak about anything else. And that's what I believe in this situation is I'm not yeah. interested in playing religious gotchas, any of that kind of stuff, because I don't think there's anything to be achieved there. But I'm really disappointed in that that's the line they've drawn, as you said, for whatever their belief system led to where they are now. And it really disappoints me because we're in a game of acceptance and the game has done a really good job of accepting the culture of the close play, the, the seven players. And, you know, we all know that they're Pacifica players and the game's done a really good job of celebrating their cultural diversity and putting things, you know, indigenous round exists, for example, but there's also Pacific tests and we like to get around and celebrate those moments. And it's just as much as you're born into your culture, you're born into your sexuality and that's the line that they've drawn. And I think it, that, as you said, it's winning and losing is, is the most important thing to these guys most of the time, right? It's really important as a fan, right? But as a footy player, it's your livelihood very often. And they've gone to the level that it's so important to them that they essentially rather lose or miss the finals than, than wear a, 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 a symbol. And all this is a symbol doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. It means what you, it means to you, but that's what's really disappointing to me. And it's not about the hip. That's what I'm trying to, the point I was getting to make. It's not about the hypocrisy. I don't care that they wear the, the alcohol, they can wear alcohol or gambling. They can say whatever they want. I care that they don't want to wear this. I don't care about the other stuff. I don't care about catching that other things. I don't care about, you know, some people were saying that, oh, rugby league dressing rooms, there's lots of guys touching each other, which is true, but mm. I bet you the seven players haven't touched each other. That's other fellas doing that. I don't care about any of that. I care that this is the thing that they've decided to pull up stumps on. Yeah. That's what I care about. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, but I, I genuinely do think there is value in drawing parallels to just not only the things that we talk about, but also drawing parallels to different kinds of anti-discrimination measures, which have been well received in that. the past. I, I, I think a lot of people didn't like the point that was made by others, not me, but others online that, you know, if a white player refused to wear the indigenous round Jersey, they would quite rightly be, you know, ostracized for that. And by that I same agree. token, if there was an anti-racism round and I said, well, no, I'm not wearing this say no to racism jersey, I would rightfully be criticized for that too. But it's just, it's frustrating to me that, and I knew this was going to happen. It's just frustrating to me that Manly can announce this jersey and they'll get comments on their Facebook going, oh, just concentrate on winning. Who cares about these bullshit jerseys? But you don't get those comments for Anzac round. Or indigenous round, or yeah. any other round where there's a variant jersey. It's just this, and it's people. You do get them for indigenous round. Let's be fair. They do sorry, that it. is true. That did literally <laughs> win our rookie takes last year. You don't get them, but you don't get them for Anzac round. And I, I do think that most, if not all, of the 
defense that is mounting for this issue behind those players is stemming from a place of bad faith. Not I agree. Christian faith. I mean, faith in the sense that people without explicitly saying it are doing this with a homophobic point of view. And that doesn't sit well with me. And it also doesn't sit well with me that, you know, we we've got not just the manly press conference today, but pretty much every person of prominence who's spoken about this, trying to both sides this issue because we're so concerned with upsetting religious people. And it, it's just, it's just immensely frustrating and sad. And yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm with you, Matt. We got to challenge. I, I do. I will say though, challenge. The, the, maybe this will actually start a dialogue. It actually might. That's, you what, never know. that's what I was getting. Is it? Getting to, that's and, exactly the good point of it, mate. Like they haven't. DC said today they have never spoken about this in the dressing room ever. Yeah, and Here we I are. don't. People saying their contract should be torn up, things like that. I, I don't agree with that. Ridiculous. But um, I'm obviously. I mean, I mean, I don't know them personally, but obviously, it's disappointing to see anyone take that stand uh, of course it's their right that's the other thing people go oh well, why would you want to force them to wear it it's not we're not we're, we're not we don't i would not want the to for them to be forced to wear that jersey it's just sad that it come to this at all is is the main issue and mm-hmm. you know a lot of people will just forget about this the, next week but people affect, you know, it affects won't that's the problem yeah um and and for a lot of people it, it, it's it's not something that can be forgotten about or will easily be forgotten about um and it's those people i'm really concerned for it is the the sort of the, the people that that jersey was meant to you know not protect but sort of vouch celebrate. for and, and send a message and celebrate who are now left feeling like if you're a gay manly fan right now like you just be devastated by this outcome and we're not naive enough to we're not yeah, naive enough the whole to think sport. that yeah, we are. There, I am. We're not going to Nano's, but there, we, without a doubt, there are players at both of our clubs, and at the Roosters, and at every other club, who would be doing the same thing. There just are. And that's, I mean, we saw a lot of them were sharing Israel Folau's post, mate, years ago. Yeah, uh, what would like? There can't be any major shocks that these the these players exist in every single club. So the idea that people are condemning Manly for it, I think, is particularly silly. And and especially when you factor in the fact that it would have been so easy for Manly to just backflip on this and say, nah, forget the whole thing. We, we well, made yeah, a mistake. They deserve credit for that because they're essentially giving up the finals push. Well, not really, but a lot of it with it pushing through with the with the jersey. So there is credit mm. deserved for that. Um, that credit seems to be going to someone who doesn't work or like doesn't work in the coaching staff or in the playing group. But someone there's done a done a good enough job with that. But I think there's positives as well, as you said. Like, yeah, it's it's been a really hateful two days, mm. but the conversation has to start somewhere. And for a lot of those guys that haven't challenged, and I think that's where I want to come from more than the way people are trying to make you know call people's religion or their faith or whatever, whatever. No, just call out this particular element of it. Yeah, you know, it's that there are plenty of religious people I know who are not homophobic in the slightest. Correct. Correct. And. I, I really didn't like some of the takes like very quick lesson people saying why do we even need this everyone knows this exists and, and, and i was really disappointed in paul gallon's comments yesterday and saying things like this is never going to change it's religion it's like no mate it is going to change because just as bungard said earlier like 
racism was far more rife 50 years ago and accepted and that changed imagine trying to wear a rainbow jersey in the 1970s like this discussion wouldn't have even happened it would have been laughed out of any it it's going to change it has to start somewhere and i'm glad it's starting but the people saying to tear up uh contracts and similar are ridiculous because i don't think the way to deal with the inclusion is exclusion like the education is the path forward and and Mm. Going in, and you're not going to change their belief systems, but you can challenge their belief systems. And maybe, as you said, the the church is accepting of itself anyway over time. The, the Pope yeah. has quotes. The Pope, for God's sake, like there's going. It's going to change over time, but it's it's just disappointing that uh, yeah, it's it's coming into so much for black and, and white for and against. I think it does like, start their faith and this good conversations. Effect, you know? I mean, literally, literally this morning, is. one of my mates messaged me, and he's like, oh. This, this this stuff's you've got to keep this political shit out of the sport. And then I, I call yeah. I he called me up and I'm like, mate, like he's not white. And I said, mate, like presumably we played soccer together. If you don't, mate, presumably if someone had racially abused you on the field, would you have wanted me to stand up for you? Or would you have wanted me to say, Wow, oh, let's not get political? And he, well, and he said, obviously I would have wanted you to stand up for me. And I said, Well, right. So what's the difference between being racist and being homophobic? They're both discriminatory, right? He goes, Yeah. I go, Well, would you have an issue with Manly having an anti-racism jersey. He's like, no, of course not. And then I said, well, then why do you have an issue with this? And I think he had like a light bulb moment and he ended up yeah. texting me like 10 minutes later and being like, man, like I, I get it. So like, but you know, that's, that's just one the guy way to handle it. Mate. It's not, the, you don't call gain anything hypocrisy by of calling people things of gambling and alcohol, whatever. Or be, yeah, that's it, mate. Stupid. You've nailed it there. And it's not it's empathy is just the answer, this. Mate. It's literally, it's politics. It's anything else. Mm-hmm. It's any, any aspect of life that requires education you don't get results by calling people names or yelling at them or calling for them to be fired from their jobs because the moment you start doing things like that you you lose the moral high ground and a lot of the time i don't know about you mate but if someone starts yelling at me or starts calling me names i immediately just zone out like i'm not listening well, to another right. word you have to say question isn't going to change opinions mate but it's, it's like yeah, at high school mate obviously at one point in our lives we didn't know any gay people none of us knew any right yeah there's a point in our lives and i went to a catholic high school similar but you don't really have to challenge your thought. I, you know, we had some friends come out as gay when 18, 19, and you really realize it doesn't matter. And obviously these guys don't have any openly gay friends around them. But as you said, it's really easy to frame the empathetic, empathetic nature that it's just discrimination of another kind. Mm. But I think that's the way forward is the education path, mate, not down the agree or your ban path. <laughs> yeah. like, people are insane with that stuff. That's, as you said, it's never going to, that's going to win anyone over. Like the way you dressed it is perfect. Is like the comparison to racial discrimination and this is perfect because, as you said earlier, you're born both ways. Yeah, your your, sex, your sexuality is born into you just like your race and culture is. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. What happened in here? We was robbed. We've got Dean Rob of We Was Rob fame joining us uh, now. Hello, Dean. Hey, guys. How you um, doing? Preemptively, congratulations for the two points on Thursday. The boys are home, etc. Easy win for the Roosters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Who knows? Um, so originally, we were going to call on to yell at you about uh, Ashley Klein, but um, yeah, you 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 messaged me earlier today, and you you wanted to come on and and get some stuff off your chest, so to speak. Yeah, I definitely, after this weekend, did not think, oh, I thought if I was going to be on here, it was going to be about the obvious howler. Um, but yeah, I and and I was just listening to both of you just then. I, I, I wanted to come on. Well, I wanted to, to chat with Bungard today about this Manly thing. 
Um, I mean, I've, I've been struggling with it the last couple of days. And um, I mean, the reason why is, is personally, cause I am gay. Um, and for a lot of people, well, there's going to be some people that I personally know that did not know and are going to hear it here. Um, and to those, I say surprise, um, please talk to me after this. Um, but um, I, I, I talked to Bangard earlier cause I wanted to say something in the discord and Bangard, you gave me the opportunity or you offered me the opportunity to come on here. Um, and I think it's a, an opportunity for people regardless of their stance to, to hear a perspective of mm-hmm. someone that doesn't necessarily, that doesn't identify straight or that sits on the, you know, the LGBTQI plus spectrum and what they might be feeling. Um, and, you know, everyone will be feeling differently, but I think um, it's, it's really hard because like rugby league is something like for a lot of us and everyone listening, we like emotionally invest in, um, you know, whether it's a referee, uh, playing, watching or work, it's your work. Like, and I feel like, you know, I hear a lot of the examples I hear, you know, uh, on the news or whatever it is, but I feel like this is just kind of hit a bit differently and it's not really surprising, but um, when it, when it actually, like, you don't really know until it actually happens, like how you, like how it's actually going to hit you. Um, and I mean, I don't really care about the seven, um, you know, like what, what really triggered me, personally um was was that was that um the manly player that um said that they couldn't like that they they were shocked by this the ones that that the one in the closet that that really um that that really hit me like i've i've been there i still am there um i think people who haven't gone through it or have had to deal with it don't really understand that like it's it's almost like a burden that you have to come out um and and it can really weigh down on you you know and everyone has their own journey but um you know for that kid like like just one little comment or one event like this like it it can set you back big time like you you know i've been at a place where i'm starting to feel more confident and figuring it out and you know maybe i'm open to telling someone and then one little word and then that just like okay well maybe i'll wait a little longer and I can just imagine that kid sitting there thinking, well, okay, I'm not, it's not okay. It's not going to be accepted. Um, you know, and, and that really hurts. Um, I, yeah, like that, that's, that's going to prolong his journey potentially to being comfortable with who he is. Um, and, you know, people don't really think about it unless, unless um, something happens, but, there's going to be people out there now that see that, you know, uh, that uh, Josh Cavallo, when when he came out, people acted a, like he didn't need to. By the way, remember that people that, acted like it was not wasn't oh, worth why anything. Is this news? Yeah, that I was reading the comments, and honestly, the comments, those comments triggered me more than the ones that were just pure bigotry. At least you know where they stand. When these mm. when these people like when people say, who cares? It's 2022. It doesn't matter. No one cares about your sexuality. Like that's not the point. Josh Cavallo did. Also, a lie, by the way, people do care. Of course, they <laughs> care. Yeah, but even then, Josh Cavallo didn't do it because he wanted everyone to know his sexuality. He did it because he knew it would help other people, mm-hmm. and he did it because, like, you know, it helped me. Like, I, 
I've like, you know, it took me a long time. Like I, I was 25 when I told someone for the first time and I'd been struggling with it, like what to do. I, I like, there was a point where I didn't think I'd ever tell anyone. And, you know, I, I hadn't, I still, there's still members of my family that I don't know, but one of like, I always wanted to tell my sister and I just didn't have the guts to do it. And people always tell me, Oh, what's the big deal? Just tell her like, what's the big deal? She's your sister. You get along, like just tell her. And that's, that's what pisses me off. Like people just don't understand that. It's just not that simple. Mm-hmm. And just a, a person like Josh Cavallo, who I, by the way, I had no idea who he was before that day, but even just knowing his stature, what he, what, what he represented, that encouraged me like that gave me motivation and he, and he was a big reason why I ended up going and telling my sister. So to, to have the opposite happen, it just sucks. It really sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mate. And I yeah. think what you're saying there, and it's obviously tough for you to talk about and I appreciate you got you revealing that, that on here, but I think that's more, I want to go down that type of path, mate. It's not about, we, I don't care about the rest of their faith or similar, but this is something I care about and you obviously care about. And it's, it's disappointing that still in, in 2022 that there's such a, a large part of the playing group can set up against it, but they're more, they're a symptom of bigger issues. And, yeah. but this is why those discussions need to happen. This is why the Jersey has to be worn on Thursday and it's why it matters. And I'm really glad that Mandy went through with it still. And I don't, people yeah. want them to lose for some reason because of it. It's like, no, no, that like, doesn't make any sense. I want them to win in it because, you know, it's like they won without the the guys that, you, as you said, they're bigots. But as you said, with the yeah. bigot, at least you know where they stand. <laughs> but I think that the part forward, the path forward is, is that is education and, and more, and more pride discussions in rugby league. And there's going to be some awkward discussions and there's going to yeah. be finding out some things. We all kind of knew this stuff, right? We kind of knew that the Islander fellas, the religious police, don't support same-sex marriage. We all kind of knew it, we, but we weren't challenged and they haven't been challenged either. You know, we knew it. We didn't speak about it. We all just ignored it. And this has happened and this is going to keep coming. But unfortunately, that's what progress is. Like yeah. you have to go through this period and it's it, 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 what it really, who it really sucks for is not me, not the Islander boys who are sitting out, not Bungar, but it is people in that community. That's what really sucks for rugby league fans who, who are like you, Dean, who, who identify in that community and know that, especially in this realm, you know, they, they, it's really easy to feel unwelcome as a rugby league fan being yeah. part of the community, isn't it? It's really cause, because this is exactly the, the feedback you seem, you seem to receive. Like yep. it's first time wearing a pride jersey and over, over a quarter of the team is sitting out. You can't, like, you can't sweep everything under the rug. Like if, if Manly consulted the players and ended up not doing it, like the, it's what we do. Like we, like, I feel like I've swept we so don't many want to talk about up. it. Like I've swept it under the rug. I don't want to talk about it. Like if you don't expose this and and just get it out there, there are people that are against it. There are people for it and then move forward from it. It's just always going to be the same. So if there's mm-hmm. never going to be a pride round, nothing is ever going to change. Like there are Roosters players, I have no doubt, that would feel the same stance. To me, it is this is way more important than two fucking points. Like I couldn't care less in comparison. Mm-hmm. Um. But this is, but this is, this is the sort of avenue that can elevate that discussion, and we sh- they should be using this avenue more. And like you said, I applaud Manly for not backtracking on it. Um, and I hope that this triggers other clubs, or at least the NRL as a body, to start doing more because, like a a float once a year when no one even knew it was a thing isn't isn't enough. Yeah. Um. 
So I just and the grand I just, final was a once-off, right? And we just had yeah. it, it happened, and we just let it. We forgot about. It, we moved on. We're like, let's not talk about that again. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I, I just wanted to say to people, like, if you know someone that identifies in that culture that is LGBTQI plus, like, just go have a chat. Ask them if they're okay, because. A, like a lot of people like myself, I'm not a very like openly emotional person, but there are some things that get me and you guys have never probably seen me like this before. Um, like mm-hmm. I was almost uh, I, in, in tears to Bungard on the phone today. He probably doesn't even know this. Um, oh, I, could, I could tell it was emotional. For um, and that's the thing. Like a lot of people are like that. So I just, I just encourage anyone that knows that has a friend, family member, just ask them like, you know, how are you feeling? What what are your thoughts on this? Let them let them either give you a bit of education or let them just just talk, because it makes a big difference. So don't 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 what do what everyone else is trying to do, and don't sweep it on the rug under the rug. Yeah, well, look, dude. I mean, obviously, we're I'm, um, you know, as as we said before, you came on. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's you know, we we of course you know we have gay friends and it's obviously just a totally normal part of life to us and but we're super proud Mm -hmm. of you for being able to come out on here especially and you know just tell your story um that takes a lot of you know a lot of guts and thank you i guess for for doing that but um and, and, and yeah, normal it's normal for us, like We have it around yeah. us, and that's why this has to happen. It has to, it has to become normal for the footy players because there's definitely more than you know a couple of players in the league who are gay. Definitely, like there's just how yeah. averages work. Yep, can you know? confirm. So, and uh, don't know if any will come out now, but maybe if we actually start challenging some thoughts, we might actually get some players comfortable enough to do that and some change in the community around it. And that that's just more. For mine, I care a lot more about that than care about really going at the 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 manly seven because it it's the manly seven now. It could be the it could be the Broncos five, the Cowboys ten. Who knows? But the players are at every everywhere in rugby league. It has to start somewhere. I'm glad manly are doing it, but like this should be the start of something. As disappointing and, and upsetting this week has been, yeah. I hope it's the start of actual change. Well, I in the I acceptance of people be. in rugby league. Yeah, I genuinely so think I. it will be. So that's one yeah. positive. Um, Dean, before you okay. go, would you like 30 seconds to talk about James Tedesco? Um, like specifically about how, how he, he likes to bear fourth, his... How he was just unbelievably good on Friday. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about how he likes to bear his ass. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, we found out you're gay, so how about ass yeah. is, babe? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's he, was, like. um, he was a freak. It's just a shame that he's um, he's washed. Uh, and he doesn't know mm. how to be a fullback anymore. Doesn't know how to pass. It was tough like, for him. Yeah, that's a tough one. That that 200 meters is pretty rare these days for him. So um, yeah. hopefully he'll do it again on Thursday. Um, it but, seems um, pretty likely. There is multiple players in that manly team who I've never heard of. That is true. But um, I and and you said thank you. But yeah, thank you for. It's not something that I was planning on today. Um, but thank mm-hmm. you for giving me this opportunity. Um, I th- hopefully someone has heard this. And at least knows that they're not by themselves. Um, and it's okay. Everyone's journey is different. There's no right or wrong. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, will you be buying the manly jersey, Dan? It's all out, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, my, I, I, ironically, coming my back brother, in, I think. Yeah. My brother is a uh, manly fan, so oh, maybe I'll go. buy him one. 
that's nice. Uh, and he does not know, so hopefully he listens to this. <laughs> what a way to find out. I know. All right. Thank you. Right. Thanks, boys. No Thanks, worries. Man. Thank you, Dean. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, so a lot going on. I mean, uh, we just had Dean on, but there's been a couple of uh, quotes from a couple of former players uh, in the last few minutes. We had Frank Pulitzer in the Courier Mail say, this is disappointing for me because a vast majority of the boys who made this decision are Polynesian. I actually love the idea of a pride jumper. There is no other way forward for us as a society, but to embrace all diversity. Um, that's nice. Yeah, it is. And he also goes on to talk about how... Um... He thinks it's more about like these young manly fellows are impressionable. I think they're doing the right thing, but that's not his beliefs, you know, and that's not really the way religion's going anymore either. He thinks it's more about education. And that's what I agree as well is that those guys do think they're doing the right thing as stupid and ignorant and bigoted as it is, but that needs to be challenged. And he's open, Puller too is opening to being part of that challenge and education. And it's just good seeing a, you know, Poly- Poly- Polynesian uh, community leader standing up. Like he's currently like in charge of one of the like NRL's international strategy, I think, at the NRL. So you know, he's in and around the game. It'd be good to see maybe him get involved. But pro pride round, I think that's something that needs to happen. Maybe because you know that's there'd be a real challenge. And if you think we have a pride round and you've got how many players thinking they're going to sit out just because of a a symbol on their jersey? Yeah, and Ian Roberts. Um... Set once, I mean, he's called for pride round for years. He said it again today. Um, sort of disappointed in the NRL for sort of not really kicking on since the we had the Macklemore performance at the grand final mm-hmm. in 2017. I, I actually I completely agree with him there. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think maybe maybe some good can come of this. That's it, mate. And uh, Ian Roberts touched on a lot of good things about his experience, how he's willing to talk to those players. And yeah, again, that to me is the way forward, and you know. The whole, essentially, my my whole resolution or my thoughts of this haven't changed as what they would have been two days ago. Organized religion is fucked, but it's not my first encounter with organized religion being fucked. Neither is it mine. So yeah, so that's it. But yeah, good fun uh, uh, having having to uh, spend our, uh, that couple of days in the doldrums and reminder, a reminder, it's a reminder of general society's lack of acceptance, but. It's never going to be acceptance if this doesn't happen, unfortunately. Yeah, and I, I do want to just make one more point before we move on. And I don't actually, I mean, we don't need to make much of a point about it because I don't think anyone listening to this thinks this, but I cannot stand people saying keep politics out of sports twofold. The first being that sports and politics have mixed forever. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Jesse Owens won a gold medal in front of Hitler in 1936. I dare say that was, and defiantly didn't do the Nazi salute. I, I dare say that was sports and politics mixing. And second of all, like being inclusive Black of everyone in our salute. society isn't isn't politics. It's, it's not political to say, hey, we shouldn't be racist or sexist or homophobic. You know, if you want to talk about sports and politics not mixing, maybe we shouldn't have an Anzac round. I think Anzac round's fine, by the way. But if you're going to make yeah. a point about sports and politics not mixing, I dare say that an Anzac round where we celebrate war is much more political than saying, hey, maybe we should like be nicer to gay people. The sport is literally born out of politics, by the way. This sport we're talking about right yes, now. Yes, correct. Why do, where didn't the name Union came for, from for the other one? They just call it Union for whatever reason. What's a Union, you fucking idiots? Mm. But like this is born, working class roots come from the working class rugby league players forming their own Union because they, they couldn't afford to play rugby without getting paid. 
but that was the lower class people. It's always been political. As you said, you can't separate the two, but also I really don't enjoy or appreciate when people lump things in, as you said, identity is politics when it really isn't. Yeah. Like every single week, their jerseys are more political than when they wear the prior jersey. And I look forward to the day that when wearing a prior jersey isn't a political statement. It's not. It's really, really, really not. Oh, well. Um, Shall we move on to the rugby league? God. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we've got to start with the big story again, which I thought when I messaged you, Side note, good thing we didn't podcast yesterday when I messaged you. Um, yeah, well, I didn't want, honestly, I didn't want to be the same as everyone else to be the podcast bitching about the referees for an hour. So I'm glad we had something else to Which bitch about. We would have been. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the Tigers were robbed. Uh, I don't really know how we can put it any cleaner than that. It was a ridiculously incorrect decision. Um, the entire rugby league world was so pissed off about this until the manly stuff happened. And now it's pretty much been forgotten about. Um, Ash Klein's been the real winner of this whole manly fiasco, if you ask me. Yeah, he's been dropped, but like, like that doesn't really change anything. But the pressure's certainly come off a little mm. in that regard. But I can't explain what we saw on the weekend, and I don't, I don't even like even the people who tried to explain it struggled explaining it. What we saw, um, there's probably no clear rob- robbery in rugby league, and it's in one of those instances that. You know, very for a very long time, he used to always get asked, what's the worst refereeing decision of all time? And he used to always say it was Matt Gillett's being sin-binned when he wasn't offside, when he ran like 70 metres. Yeah. Might be topped. Just At least that how, was just the, funny. Yeah, just the confluence of events that ha- that happened here that, and yeah, I felt sorry for Graham Mannersley yesterday trying to explain a lot of it. <laughs> you know, like, good luck. But the confluence of events and then the combination of the decision that was made and... The, the whatever you think of escorts is a whole other discussion. I think escorts are garbage anyway, but with how they're currently interpreted interpret, interpreted in the game, it wasn't an escort. And it felt like such a clear cut one for me because yeah, he doesn't really beeline it to the ball, but by the way, they interpret escorts. He never looked at Kyle Felt. He was going towards the ball and then Kyle Felt ran into him. And it even felt like, even if you thought it was an escort, right? It really felt like on review, it was an easy one to go, okay, who has more to gain here? It's like, who has more to gain here? These 10 meters from the ball. Would Do you think Kapoa would have smashed Felt or was it more likely for Felt, Felt would have run into Kapoa and milked it? And we got that outcome. We got Kyle Felt laughing immediately after, which gave everyone the answer to the question we just asked. We knew the answer. We got the answer. Kyle felt pulled the wool over. Ashley Klein's eyes. Klein got dropped for it. And then Val Holmes, like just quietly, superb kicking performance. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was a clutch kick. It, you know, it wasn't the world's hardest kick, but it's still one of those awkward positions that they don't really practice kicking in. Like, mm. you know, it's like 30 meters out, 10 from the sideline. Actually, quite a big kick. And he, he nailed it. And the difference between the sides on the day really was his boot because. The Tigers kicked, sorry, scored five tries and lost by a point to four tries. And Dewey only kicked the first two conversions. But a really disappointing turn of events, just considering like that game, also the potential of not just the two points there, but Tigers were off the bottom of the ladder. The Howards were in 11 points to everybody else. 
And it really could have been a win for the Tigers to hang their hat on. But in the most Tigers way ever, this like I'm not even talking about big team bias. I'm, this only happens to the Tigers. It might also happen to the Titans or the Raiders. Raiders, yes. I don't think it, like the Titans have found ways to lose, but not really like this, you know? I mean, the Titans beat the Tigers in dumb fashion the start early in the year, didn't they? Or was it the other way around? No. Well, it was the 8-6 game. Yeah. yeah that was yeah. incredibly dumb. Yeah, that was, but um, mm. just and the whole challenge thing. I mean, it's it's just with the way all that all the new rules obviously weren't all thought out. But the funny thing that went wrong there is that the the challenge actually is really detailed in the rule book. It is like all this can and you cannot and can't. But obviously they've left a little bit out, which is before halftime and full time. Actually, you can challenge too, but it's not written down anywhere. That's what I'm saying. That's it. The rules written yeah, all that's, in really that's... detail, but but also that pits. But and even though they've done it before, which is true, it has happened before that people have been able to challenge in that window. It's not really like known that that you know like and and they essentially admitted that when they said they send the rules out to the coaches. But yeah, that's not in the rules. So the Cowboys are yelling challenge it in hope. They don't really know they can do it, and they could. It was great. Can just challenge the concept of time. Yeah, and even then, like that timekeeping was a bit weird beforehand. It was just, oh, I don't know. Like, what well, everything's been said about this issue already, right? And I, I agree with most of the detractors of it, you know, and I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, terrible, terrible for the Tigers. Uh, we would have spent a lot more time on this if not for the manly stuff and the fact that also it was know, a day have... ago, by the way. Yeah, so. yeah, but that, that too. But it's been outtaked by now, mate. That's true. Uh, I thought Tigers played really well. Sad. They really did. good game. Really good round. Really good round. Tigers had played amazing footy in this game. And there was, in they, you know, the, the Cowboys came in thinking they're going to beat the Tigers easily, right? They were offloading a lot in their own half, making mistakes. And, you know, the Tigers took advantage of that. And unfortunately, shooting themselves on the foot is pretty much what gave the, cow, the Cowboys the lead towards the end of the game. But some brilliant efforts, like Adam Dewey's run and Dane Laurie had a great game. That try to, you know, essentially win it was awesome. And it's such a weird moment because everyone's like clearing the game one. We all are. And it's just, I've never seen anything like it before, you know? No. And we dare say we may not see again. And the Dewey conversion hit the post. And for some reason, he wasn't given the 90 seconds or whatever to, to waste. So there was just one second left. This is one of the most bizarre five minutes I've ever witnessed as a rugby league fan. Yeah, truly crazy stuff. Uh, all right. So we jump all the way back to Thursday night. Uh, we should say, by the way, we should yeah. mention that. If they were ever going to change a result, I would accept it with this one, but they're never going to change a result. Change it, you cowards. Well, it's like, it's just a can of worms they shouldn't open. I guess. But also, if they did, I wouldn't care. And so there's, there's never been a clearer example of, well, if you did, if they just, it was the clock, the game was over, you know, the clock had finished. Mm. Never, but... The sort of can of worms they want to open because it doesn't mean it can't happen again, a similar situation, and they have to address this like that. Just uh, stop still. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's because you can just work your way back from it, right? You can go, oh, well, what about this happened in the 78th minute? That was wrong. Change the result. I guess. I guess the argument would be that there have been situations in the past where bad calls have happened but then things have happened afterwards and you don't know what would have otherwise happened whereas in this case we are 100% sure that if the right process had been followed that the Tigers would have won yeah 
but there also is probably examples. I haven't got one on my head right now, but that probably examples of minutes ago that the same thing could be said, you know, probably is examples that someone got, you know, the wrong bunker decision with 30 seconds on the clock. And you can pretty much say the game's over, but you can't fully. Anyway, that's, um, that's one for the lawyers, mate. <laughs> the Tigers yep. lawyers. Yep. All right. Uh, so your boys had a good win on Thursday. They did. We were in attendance. Uh, yeah. Apparently, we booed Jacob Arthur really loudly. <laughs> I didn't even notice that, did you? Neither did I, really. I heard a few boos, mm. but it's quite funny. People are like, oh, we're investigating it. What do, you, what do you mean you're investigating it? Like, yes, it's, it sucks that he got booed, but he's not the first home player to be booed ever. Yep, you know, that is true. Nothing, but um, it was a fantastic performance from the fellas on Thursday. Uh, I can't believe some pe- Eels fans take away from the game was they got ripped off from the referee, but some I mean, people was one, truly refused. <laughs> no, there was a few. It's was there? truly bizarre. People can't accept when their teams lose, but they lost by 22 points. They lost by a lot of points. They did, and they had far more penalties in Brisbane. You know, they got like essentially they couldn't get up the field when the ball was in play. Penalties got them up the field. They were getting crushed. And yeah, they scored 14 points. And even after like when Sebo scored his second, it looked like they could score any time they went left. They didn't score again like the rest of the next 30 minutes having all possession of the game, you know. But a real dominant performance by Brisbane. Really impressed with the forward pack. Tom Flegler's had a really good season and, you know, earned a start. And he was, I thought he was quality. Carrigan, great again. Haas, fantastic. Um, and yeah, just really happy for, for all the fellas, happy myself with the, with the game. And I felt the Eels just, they weren't up for the physical contest in the middle. They really got stomped in the middle. But I also felt if there was more points out there for them. And uh, I don't know, they didn't seem to target, for a game, team with a great kicking game, didn't seem to target Tessie, put all their bombs up at like Corey Oates, didn't kick it on the ground that much either. Yeah, not a great performance. But what is going on with Clint Gutherson? I've said it. We've said it before, but my God, like two, like two or three errors in this game, but also just some real embarrassing moments again. What is going on there? Yeah, he's dead set a below average fullback now in the NRL. He is. Yeah, it's real, real bad. He was. <laughs> I did laugh at the end when he got the ball poked out. He's just like yelling at the ref. Um, I can't save you now, mate. No, really, really poor. Um, yeah, but look, Brisbane, top four. How good? Can you stay there? Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, we can stay there. I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I really only care about the top six. And Kevy's been speaking quite well about this. They're only going weeks at a time and they don't really care so much about that. They're more about in the long run, they want to win premierships. They're not worried that much about the ladder. You know, they're here to win competitions. So um, I like that chat. Um, yeah, they're top four. But the, I think the, the positive is, as a Brisbane fan, they're in the top four, but there's still tends to be improvement on a week-to-week basis. And this is generally that time of year Every year, you know, you go through and you don't really, if your team's not like Penrith or what the Storm most like, you don't really know if you're a contender for the first half of the year until you get to that origin period and see how you start playing after then. And even like back in like 2015, when we ended up making the grand final, obviously we lost. I didn't start to think we were, we were a contender until really late in the season either because, you know, the team had just come out of the doldrums the year prior and it's hard to have faith in, in that period. But it was like in, in 2015, we came out of Origin. We actually had a big winning streak during Origin. We came out, lost to uh, Manly, lost to the Bulldogs, and then we beat the Dragons. And the Dragons game was like starting to believe, and then it was topped off with. We did lose to the Roosters, but we only lost by two. But then we smashed you guys, South. Mm. It's like I'm like fuck this team. 
this team could win the comp, you know, which based <laughs> I thought were based on that. And then they lost again to the Storm as we do, um, and went to the finals and made a grand final and did lose. But yeah, you just um, it's when you start really seeing what your actual credentials are. And I thought on Thursday it was like I don't think they're going to win the comp or anything. But I was like f- watching that game, I was finding fuck they might actually finish in the top four. You know, yeah, I, sort of thinking, I mean, fuck. there's a realistic scenario now where both our teams are in the top four, which is absolutely crazy. Well, the Cowboys got their their points. They, they that was very annoying on the weekend. That was that and, was very uh, then, and then somehow the Dragons have like half their team out playing the Cowboys this week, so that that doesn't help them. But yeah, there's Third obviously fourth, a couple mate. of Third and fourth. big week for the ladder this week in that regard. Like the Eels played the Panthers, uh, and that's big because obviously the Eels fight down the further down the ladder. But uh, you guys play the Sharks, and then Brisbane play the Tigers. So it's it's actually a week for Brisbane can maybe take advantage of that, as you said, and. One of you has to lose. That's true. You know, the Sharks that or, or Rabbitohs. And uh, if you guys beat the Sharks and when Brisbane win more, there we're now winning ahead of those top, those teams in the top four. So there is a real opportunity there for that. And I'm really starting to believe in that team in that regard as well. And I did really enjoy after the game the press conference. Um, Kevy Wald was talking about, and we're not going to make this about South anymore because it's not, you know. <laughs> but the Adam Reynolds signing, talking about this, how transformative it's been for the club and how. He's made so many players better and Kevin even said himself a better coach. And it is funny what having a decent experienced leader can do to some clubs sometimes. Like it was sure like guys at Duffin can having a big impact at the Sharks too, probably, right? But you know, you look at Brisbane, there was always a bunch of plucky unstart, upstart young fellas who just didn't seem to have the right mentality, didn't seem to know when to take their shots properly. Mm. You know, and they just seem to have been refined so much this year. And you can see once his confidence, you can see all the way up to Kevy making better decisions. You know, this week he's debuting Dean Mariner. He's changed the winning team for the first time like ever. You know, he brought Ezra Mammon at the right time. He was just exceptional and was fantastic in this game again as well. But you're going to see the, the Reynolds signing, you know, a couple of former old boys have called it the best Broncos signing ever. And it might end up being that, not because he's the best player they ever signed, but in terms of player they needed at the time and attitude they needed to change at the time, there probably isn't a better sign Brisbane could have made for themselves last year. They, there is better players out there, but for what that team needed, I don't know if there was better for them. And very lucky they got them. And very lucky other clubs didn't seem to value him. Yeah, a strange one. Like not just South. I'm talking like other clubs that could definitely use him. Just didn't, like, there didn't seem to be a, a competition. It was like us or you. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, weren't the, the should we talk about the, the Titans? Apparently, didn't want him, and now well, they're sad that they're veteran players. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And yeah, and he was you know good in this game. He's on his way to like, even though he hasn't played as many games as usual, he's on his way to like career highs and tries and tries this in a season. But that's just his more important part of this system than he had been at South in the last couple of years. And you know, he's probably got more ownership than he's had at, at South in a number of years as well. And it's just been a, a, a good marriage for those sides. And a, and a good marriage is Adam, Adam Reynolds lowers himself into the bath of retirement over the coming years. And even if he, you know, in, in two years' time is physically cooked, you know, the reason why South got rid of him, I, it, it doesn't really matter at Brisbane. It's such, been such a positive impact he's had on that club that he could not play the third year of his contract. It wouldn't matter. Yeah, that's true. Especially if you're going to comp this year or next year. Who knows? Who the hell knows? What's it though? I mean, like, Penrith, you know, look pretty close to unbeatable, but they're not unbeatable. It's rugby league in the end, still, right? So who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's the next game? Oh, uh, 
Well, the Dragons beat Manly. Uh, seems like the least of Manly's problems right now. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, we obviously thought Manly would Shout be the game in the week leading up. Yeah. Ben Hunt was great. The do- go-dozer. But in the week leading up, Manly lost a couple of players. And apparently the Dragons have the wood on them down there. I didn't know that. Mm. But yeah, it was like Ben Hunt scored a double. You know, oh, this game's pretty much over. <laughs> I was like 17 minutes. So that was it. Like uh, Josh Allo struck back after half time, but and Fanai scored at full time. But it was one of those games. It was just a real drudge, and you're just waiting for the full time whistle. Hey, just yeah, real grinder. Uh, Dragons in control, and they won. But they've now got some significant injuries, like Cody Ramsey. That it feels like that win didn't really matter for the Dragons as much as the loss mattered for the Sea Eagles going forward. Hey, no, not at all. Uh. As we said, touched on with Dean, uh, James Sesco was fantastic. The Knights are just awful, aren't they? They're just so bad. They're just terrible, and mate. We've been Caleb this for Ponga. ages. That sucks. It does suck. And him being out for the season, obviously, the season's over anyway, but it still sucks if you're a Knights fan because yeah. there's another spoon potentially looming. I know it's a couple of wins away, but you want to see Kalen keep playing, right? But mm. yeah, they they just, we, as we've seen this, every few weeks I'll get up for a game. On the whole, this is the lack of effort they have, an application they have. And yeah, I think uh, Harvey said in our Discord, and I tend to agree, it's like they've used so many spine combinations, but there's something wrong that they seem to be worse the more games they play together. Every spine combo they use to look worse the more games they play together. And yeah, the Roosters had their way with them in this game, probably grew a leg of confidence. No Joey Manu either, but like it was Tedesco's show was back. He was fantastic. For a guy who's apparently finished, you know, three line bakes, two try assists, two line break assists, uh, one try to himself. Like he was fantastic all over the park there. Um, you know, they know Tupanua, but you know, Crichton had a good game, Swiley had a great game, and we did speak it really early in the year. Roosters fans wanted it forever, but yeah, Walker seven, Kiri six worked a shitload better. And Robbo did try for a long time to go the other way, but he'd probably sit there regretting it right now because they probably have a couple of more wins if they did that earlier in the season. Yeah, I think that's probably fair to say. Um, how about Canberra doing tries, a... though, huh? Oh, yeah, there's some awesome yeah. footy by them. They'll, they'll, they'll probably make the finals now, especially with this Manly thing. Um, yeah. The Raiders did a reverse Raiders. It was fun they did. for them. Good on it them. only happened Good against the them. Warriors, too. Right? Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. The Warriors, it reminded me of the, the Halcyon days of them being on like midday. And there's so many times back then when they'd be on like the midday slot and they'd start a game and score twice in the first 10 minutes. And you'd hear Daryl Halligan saying, brilliant by the Warriors. And then they'd lose. They'd lose. One of those classic games. <laughs> yep, like, that is true. They, they were sick for like 10 minutes. And then the Raiders slowly trudged their way back in control. But they pasted them. They did. The, they, the, they did. The 26-14, but they should have been... Should have been much larger. Well, they they chased them from there. White was horrible in the first half, and then he was amazing in the second half. He was. Jamal yeah. Fogarty had his best game. by far yeah. best game in, yeah. in green. Uh, Tarpane was good. Mm. Papali had his best game in a number of months since before Origin. So, um, yeah, it's a big win for them because we did mention it was the most Raiders thing ever that if they were going to beat the Storm and then lose to the Warriors, but they won that. And now we've got four teams on nine wins and they're one of them. And they have one of the, not better draws. They have a decent draw for any of the teams with a, with a run in. So we just, you just know they're going to do the most Raiders thing ever and like beat 
the Pen Panthers next week, but lose one of those scrub games. Hey, no, they they said they beat the Storm and then lose to the Warriors, and they beat them both. Time to be positive, yeah. right? Well, they got the, the Titans this week. They'll beat them, and I reckon they'll beat the Panthers, and they'll be like roaring, to, like mate, look at this team. They're like eleven and nine somehow, and then they'll lose mm. to let like, the Dragons or the Knights. Mm. Maybe we'll see. We shall see. Um. This was another frustrating game if you're a Sharks fan. I mean, they were, they looked pretty sharp in the first 20 minutes of this, and then after that, they were not great. Penrith coming up to win 20 to 10. Um, yeah, Penrith just, uh, they don't think about losing, apart from an ear, if you're Stephen Crichton. They actually really did struggle in that period. Like, after the Sharks got on top, they actually really struggled for, like with the chase, hey, for about a 20-minute period there. They don't look comfortable chasing games. No, they, they really don't. Um, but yeah, that's that's going to happen against Penrith. Uh, big test for Cronulla this week. We said their next two weeks, Penrith Souths would be massive for them. They've obviously failed the first test now. Big second test, probably no Delphinuk. And we don't know how the judiciary is going to go this time of recording, but I don't think he'll be playing this week. He should be suspended. There's my opinion. Well, I mean, it is the definition of reckless, isn't it? Uh, I, I really, I, I remember having this argument years ago when Dylan Napa launched with his arms out wide and his head into the Corbin Simpson's head, and people were saying it's a head clash. It's like there's a lot of intent in what Dalfinukin did, and yes, head clash is unfortunate, but he shot out of the line at Crichton and hit him in the head, and obviously the injury has played a part in the charge. And I'm someone who of the belief for a long time that injuries shouldn't play a part in the charge. But actually, most people think they should. And even though people might disagree on this one because only an ear cut, no one was saying the same thing, for example, when it was Alex McKinnon's injury, right? Playing a part in the thing. And that's always thrown in my face. So I'll throw it back. If people wanted that one to count, the injury counts. So that should be factored in. And it has been. And his ear was split in bloody half. Poor Stephen Crichton. But it, yeah, it's not just a head clash. It's not. Uh, it's not. I think there was intent there, so I got no issues with it. it was the same. And he was trying to obviously trying to make something happen for his team, and it got it went wrong. He wasn't trying to hurt the bloke, but he still had intent to. He was trying to smash him. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's all the intent you need. Yeah. And uh, as you said, the Sharks started really well. Though. They were red hot in the start of that game. Didn't drop the ball for the first like fifteen odd minutes. Got their two try lead, and you thought just for a moment, you're like, "Geez, is this on?" Mm. But. Penrith just so good at getting on top of possession and field position. And they did dominate possession for the rest of the game pretty much from then. The Sharks only touched the ball like four times in the last 15 of the first half, despite conceding, you know, just just towards the back end of that first half. But it felt like a metronome that whole second half that surely the Panthers were going to wrap the game up. But it took them right to the end to do it. So it's valiant from from the Sharks to, to hang on for that long. But uh yeah, it just shows you that the Penrith, even with an off night, they're still so far ahead of the rest of the competition on a week-to-week basis. And I mean, they have the largest lead ever at this point of the season, I believe, on the ladder. They're That's the true. first team to have, have like a 10-point lead at this point in the season ever. Because usually, like, there's teams that have been really good, right? But usually there's another team up there somewhere. And that was supposed to be the Storm, but it's not them. They're garbage. So they have... Actually, no, that, that's a lie. That was going to be true until the Cowboys mm. stole that game. So not yeah. true anymore. That was going to be true. Yeah. Um, that's still so annoyed. The comp was so close second through sixth. It was. Until that happened. 
Um, South Swan. Sharks are confident to set out there, right? Set yeah. Sharks were confident yeah. to set out that game. Definitely. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, South Swan. That was fun. Um, I'm glad I, I went. South were disappointing, by the way. Uh, they That's should have how... scored more. Mm-hmm. That's it. But Well, I mean, I'm it... disappointed that Alex Johnston try that landed on the dead ball line. Yeah, and I think that's a sign of where the how far the storm has fallen. That teams are willing to try trick shots against them now, which is not really been a thing of the past for the storm. That teams would try that type of stuff on them, but the South did. And um, Johnson looks a bit quicker than he was last week with his with his uh, hamstring, but also outrunning Grant Anderson, a gravy for Alex Johnson <laughs> outrunning him. Uh, but again, one of those games, it felt more about the storm being just god awful than than South turning. I thought South were going to win; they did win. Picked South before, the, but I actually thought they'd been more dominant than they did. Yeah, uh, left some points on the board. I think twelve points flat as the storm a little bit. They're in free fall. What the hell? Um, is, yeah, what the hell is Justin Olam doing? <laughs> well, he got one good shot on Cody, so they'll ignore the like eight times he fucked everything up. One of the ones when he charged in, there was like he, he was in like in the right hand upright or similar, all out center to try and hit Cody and you score. But it's like, what are you doing, mate? Like, it wasn't like there was an overlap, there was nothing. He just charged in for zero reason. The vibes charge in and messed it up. But yeah, it, it's um, even though they're, they're obviously not at their best, it's still beating the storm. Hey, Bunga, it still feels like something. Hey, it's uh, there's uh, it's now equal seven each. Uh, prime ministers in my lifetime and wins over the storm. There you go, but yeah, even as you said, and I'm glad you you had, you had plans that night that you uh you cancelled. Yeah, I um well, I didn't cancel. I just went afterwards. I thought um, you know, going to the footy rules. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I finished work a bit earlier than I thought I was going to, and yeah, um, I'm really glad I went. Um, you know, I've only seen us beat the storm, I think, in person three times before this game, so. Yeah, that's not a lot. Three times yeah, in my life. It's crazy. They're an absolute free fall, as you said. And I don't, you know, people know our opinions of the coverage often, but there actually is moments in the coverage of the game I've enjoyed this year on Fox. And it's after the last game of the night, Fridays or Saturdays, they actually sit there and just talk footy very often. It was talk for whatever till the press comments happened. So, and in this particular game, it was Corey Parker and, and Cooper Cronk talking. And Corey Parker just, just going on about like the storm were cooked. They're done, you know? Yeah. And, Cooper Cronk blindly saying faith in Craig Bellamy, essentially. But it was an interesting chat because obviously Bellamy in these press conference, people missed it. He challenged the playing group. You know, he said he has he doesn't know if they're going to turn it around, but it's on the, it's on the players from here. You know, nothing else we can do. It's on those guys to, you know, pull pull their socks up and get us out of this. And, you know, Cooper Cronk's like, oh, I've got 100% faith in Craig Bellamy. And then if I was a player, I'd go do X and Y. And it's like, yeah, mate, but you're Cooper Cronk. <laughs> But yeah, it's very true. When you and Cam and Billy and similar were there, and you got challenged by Bellamy, you rose to that occasion. There's no Cooper um, Cronk, buddy, on this team. There's no Billy Slater. The Billy Slater version is injured, and there is a Cam Munster, is a Harry Grant, but they're not that type of. They're not the same mental type of player that a Cronk and a Smith are. No, that is not. And they're not a team building pressure with a kicking game anymore. They're not a team defending their line. And that's what the thing Corey Parker said about them. I agree with like, you've never seen a storm team so sloppy defensively. I mean, that key on try was so soft. It was like, it's just terrible. And like, they're just so soft defensively right now. And it's just not what you're used to seeing from the storm. And I know in the, the last couple of Lando ball years, you'd think their defense would be worse, but like, 
They've conceded through under 32 points this year already. You know, the Storm and Vlando ball last year, full 24 rounds of it, 316 points conceded. You know, the year before that, 276 conceded. 232 the year before that. Like, they, they're going at, like, terrible pace for, who the, for what the Storm are in terms of their defense. And that's always been where the special stuff was in that team. The defense is where it started. I don't know if that's actually... I might have a quick look now. The most points I would have conceded in the season... Yeah. Uh, the, oh, this. Jeez. They conceded 460 back in 2014 when they came sixth. They're definitely on pace to to beat yes. that. So, not till they're like 2001 if they had bad, bad, really bad for and against. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. I, I. I. I tweeted about South and about Latrell afterwards. Um. Most people pretty happy that. You know, a little bit of people go, oh, they've just played shit teams and all that. And I know that, that a bit of that is true, but I think the Bulldogs have looked pretty lively the past month. They beat mm-hmm. the Knights with literally two-thirds of their salary cap not playing. Beating the Storm, it's still the Storm mentally for South, no matter what yeah. situation. And Parramatta, for all their faults, are still a top-eight team. So th- I think this week will tell us a lot more about Souths. You know, they, they have it a bad will. record at Shark Park, and Shark's gone pretty well. And then there's a real tough run after that. Apart from that Warriors game, the rest of the season is very tough after that. So I guess we'll see. But yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about everything. You should be, mad. We did say weeks ago that we thought that run home, you'd really know what you are. But we thought the yeah. barometer would start this round. But they mm. still just haven't bounced back. They look terrible. And there's no. still no changes this week, man. That's what I don't get. They haven't changed anything. Is it? Do they, still have, enough, do they have anyone? I mean, like they have a couple. Of, like, I'm surprised, for example, like he's garbage, right? Young Tonomapia, right? But they brought him back. He was going to play. They tried to get him to play the week Grant Anderson debuted. They didn't play him and they're still just playing Grant Anderson. It's like, Craig, everyone can see Grant Anderson doesn't belong on the, in a first guy rugby league field. You know, there's not a lot that can change. Brandon Smith will be back next week. I think Xavier Coach is due back in a couple of weeks. There'll be some troops coming back, but they're definitely, they've hit the panic button like no other, considering the leaks that have come out about like their chase. They tried to get Reese Walsh. They've asked the Tigers with Dewey and Dane Laurie. Like, they definitely hit the panic button about their playing roster, which has been a bizarre one. But as you said, it, the Storm have been story terrible. that they wanted Josh out car back. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like they think these teams outside of the eight are going to give them players. It's like, yeah. no, they're not. I still um, but, didn't like Pangai doing that last year. But anyway. Yeah, neither. Um, we've covered that as well. We say that every like week, that, but I'm going to keep but, saying it. I'm with you though. Same thing. Like for the mental block is still a thing, even though the Storm mm-hmm. team's terrible. Like Brisbane in a couple of weeks play the Storm, and by then they'll probably have to have Smith back, probably coach and a few others. And I'm not taking that game for granted until we beat no, them because of the mental you. block. Because you know South should have beat them earlier in the year when when Storm were more full strength and they didn't. Yeah. So, but I definitely expected a bit more of an intense South performance. But also, I guess they didn't need to be more intense because they were well in control of this game. What from? They, I mean, they scored in the first minute with pathetic try, but yeah. when Johnson scored his second, and they did strike back, but pretty much then you felt South were well in control. Yeah, and the tries from from the Storm and the Marion's heavy one was just it's a scrum play, weird. and it was yeah. it was poor defence, but they didn't really feel like scoring for most of that game. Yeah, and finally, um, oh wait, wait, res- wait, one more thing before we go on, you go have on. to talk about him. Luckily, Lily has had a good game. Uh, I don't want to like. Gloat, it's not, it's unbecoming, but um, of course, I mean, I wouldn't gloat. I'm being, I mean, yeah. it could be good. That was his know. best game in first grade. That banana grubber for a restart was great. Um, he organized the attack very well, that we were a lot better structurally than we have mm. been for most of the years. Kicking game was very solid. Yeah, his, his best first grade performance, in my opinion. 
Yeah. Um, and Jed Cartwright did okay filling in too. Yeah, shout out Jed Cartwright. He's a guy that has had a lot of back injury problems in the last two years. Um, When I spoke to Jairo a couple of weeks ago, he actually singled Jed Cartwright out as someone he wanted to praise for the way he's come back from these injuries and all these setbacks that he's had. And he's kept... I don't know why... Tunneman wasn't even in the 21 last week, but he's playing reserve grade this week. So... No, he's actually playing reserve grade. Yeah, he's named in the back row in reserve grade. So... Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah so Cartwright's... Cartwright's and I think that that was clear, right? Like, Cartwright's defense was really good. And that right side defense has been an issue all year. And now you kind of wonder who out of him and Tass drops out when Tall Bowman comes back. And well, I don't know that the answer is... going to keep the form up, but yeah. Yeah, of I course. Mean, if you, if you keep defending like, like this, because at the end of the day, right, they just need that right-hand side to be like mm-hmm. solid. They just need Competent. to not be a That's fucking it. sieve, which it has been all year. But yeah, Tarnimon's in the 20 jersey in first grade this week, and he's been named to play um, back row, number 11 in reserve grade. So there you go. Yeah, but I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, that's all that right side needs to be for South because the points come down the other edge most of the game. There will still be points on the right edge too, but that's where the weakness was for South because of these shootouts where that right edge was a leaky sieve. So I'm with you that if Jed can just be competent, not special, you know, be like Tom Opacek level of player. Yeah, like legit. That's a, that's a win for them. I agree. Um, the Bulldogs' attack is great. The defense is still awful, but a few weeks in a row now where they've scored some very nice tries. Is Mick, Mick Potter's got to be in the discussion to keep this job, right? Well, it sounds like Serraldo's getting it. It does. But, um, it, it does seem bizarre that not only is he not in the discussion to keep this job, that he hasn't been in the discussion for the other jobs that are likely available or will be available yeah. because, I mean, it's nothing fancy to it, but it's quite obvious that he's given that team a lot of opportunity to play footy, how they want to play it. A lot of belief in those players and it's reaping the rewards with their attack. Like the team that couldn't score points that were overly structured that were, you know, trying to limit any, all the freedoms that players had with the, in possession and not to say structure is a bad thing because I hate when that gets just thrown into being a bad thing. Good teams have structure too. They've gone from that though, to a team that has confidence that are willing to take shots from their end, willing to gamble to score points and with the type of play that the situation they're in, that was obviously been a good decision for them because, you know, they've obviously empowered Addo Carr to do his thing and let him have a shot, you know, mate, just shoot up for an intercept, have a crack, you know? And it's worked out for them. You know, he took two intercepts in this game, scored scored a hat trick, gave another try back to um, Matt Burton that he probably would have scored if he yeah. just went himself. But they, they score points every week now. Their defense isn't great, as you said, but you know, they're not really challenging for the eight. But they'll win small games on the way home. And they've gone from a team that looked like locked on worst team spooners under Trent Barrett to a team that looks yeah. like at least they're enjoying their footy and their fans left some memories well, from this season on the back, you, the back end of it. If you take out um if you take out the Sharks game where they played in an absolute like monsoon, like dog shit, completely horrible weather on a horrible muddy field at Combank. Since Mick Potter took over. 22 points, 24 points, 18 points against Penrith, I might add. 34 points, 36 points, mm-hmm. 28 points, 36 points. That is a lot of points. I dare say probably only like South and the Roosters have scored more than them in that time frame. Yep. And I reckon if they punted old mate a few weeks earlier, they'd, they'd be probably, probably, they could be on seven, the seven eight tigers. wins right now, maybe. Yeah. And we're talking about, the dogs sneaking about pushing in. for the eight. Yeah. We, yeah. Which would be bad for us. But uh, Trent Barrett being their coach was a factor that we mentioned when we bet against them making the top eight. So, yeah, exactly. And, and if this it's, season it's restarted right now, I wouldn't take that bet. Yeah. And 
obviously, as we mentioned earlier with the, the Broncos, that they, you know, lo, lo, very often players can hide poor coaching. They can, but also sometimes poor coaching can really cripple players. And it was just like when I was so shocked when how we had Seabold, you know, as the Broncos coach, and we go into the next season and people talking about how bad our roster is. And it's like, no, those, those are good players there. What are you guys saying? You know, they're not bad, but that was everyone had seen a bad team, you know, and that's the same thing with the Bulldogs. How bad did that playing roster look five, six weeks ago? And all of a sudden, like, it's not just Adokar and Burton and like Jacob Kiraz who's come in. It's not just those guys. Like how good has Jerry Marshall King been under Mick Potter? He's been fantastic. Like, you know, if, yeah. if Potter was the coach last year, maybe they're not even talking about signing Reed Marnie with how good Marshall King's been. And, we talk about players leaving the storm, not improving. Max King's been really good. Last few weeks, been really good there, you know, and they're not, Luke Thompson's been out and it hasn't really mattered. Like, Fatala Mariner hurt now, but he's been fantastic. Shot's been good. Uh, Declan Casey looked okay. He's not going to play again this week, but yeah, all of a sudden you can see the talent in players when players are playing and enjoying their footy. Yeah, I mean, good on them. And yeah, yeah it's, it's Jeremy Ashkin looks to be a great signing for the 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 now so it does and that's why it's always easier man when people sometimes like oh he's not out there dropping the ball the coaches it's like well he kind of hate that it's It's so stupid it's like yeah well they uh, yeah i don't know why do people say immediately better immediately like Like, straight away a few weeks it was like straight away they could score points it's like how bad that prior coach was like yeah it can be like that sometimes and it was like that for the for the dogs and the titans are speaking of bad coaching like my god oh my god is anyone enjoying their footy on that team right now? I don't think so. No. Do you like Tino getting booed every time he touched the ball because of Matt Burton? That, that was nice. And he had a, a pretty solid game. But yeah, they'll, um, I don't know. Holbrook will be around there and we'll go into the offseason. And then they're talking about signing more experience and signing spine players. Of like that wasn't or hasn't been a problem for them already. Probably shouldn't have spent it all on forwards, but just. Uh, just awful. Truly terrible. Um, they should they be last right now. Yep. Just bullshit. It's complete bullshit. Tigers might end up getting them on four and against, even if they don't win another game, though. Mm. They, they don't play so We've done this before. We spoke about this last game, yeah. didn't we? So we don't have to do that again. Yeah, we don't have to. We talked about that already. But yeah, Tigers play. I mean, the Tigers, the Tigers play Brisbane and Cronulla, but then they also play... The Tigers have a big say in who makes the finals, by the way. They play the Roosters, the Dragons, and the Raiders. But they've got a oh, big yeah. game in two weeks' time against the Knights. They probably have to win that to avoid the spoon, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's another team that we speak, like, immediate improvements. Like, since Adam Dewey has been back starting for them, mm. well, they've scored, what is it, 20 points, 16 against Panthers, and 26 this week. Like, does help. They, were so, they look like locked-on deserved spooners before Dewey's return. Yeah, they, there's obviously potential them to upset some teams in this run home. And even this week, they were, they were $9 underdogs against the Bulldogs. Sorry, against the Cowboys. I think they said it like, looking at NRL.com now, said it like $5 against Brisbane. Like, the, the, the punters think so as well. And mm. as you said, there's the Knights and run home, the Dragons, the Raiders, and maybe, you know, the Sharks or Roosters they can turn up for one of those games. Like, they, there's still a game there to be won for them. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay. I think that's everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if there was other news that got buried this week, it's oh well, <laughs> Kevin Proctor. We didn't even mention it. Oh, I mean, yeah, people. Very funny. Some people were like, "Oh, he got, he got sacked for vaping." You know, he got sacked because he because they're dumb with him. Like, yes. It, also, like, did people not learn this from the Lachlan Lewis thing last year? 
Yeah. If they if your contract is running out and you have no value to a team anymore and they can use something you did to sack you and get out of paying you money, they're going to they do will. it. Like Lock and Lewis, it wasn't, oh, he got fired for stealing a speaker while such and such gets to keep playing when he did this and this. It's like, no, his contract was running out in like a month. So they got to save a month's worth of his salary because he stole something. Yeah. And Proctor yeah. is the same thing. He was done with the Titans. He wasn't going to play again. His contract runs out this year, right? And yeah, they're just like, yeah, see you later. He was and sacked yeah. for having a mobile phone, by the way, not for. By vaping. the way, it wasn't the vaping; it was the phone. Which vaping also you can't do at halftime indoors in a stadium, but it's well, the yeah. phone you can't take into the phone. Clo- is those the are closed dodo. areas. You can't take your phone into there, even if you're not playing. Yeah. There's areas of the game during the game you can't take your phone into, and it's obvious. It felt like, mate, honestly, he did that post. It's like he wants to get sacked. He's like, I just don't want to play. You reckon it was full Costanza? Yeah, it has to be right. It's such a tone deaf thing to do otherwise. It is like he not like there's a million signs if you've been back there. You've been to interview players back there and so on. Like a million yep. signs where phones can't go. He knew what he yep. was doing, I reckon. And just mm-hmm. put it on Instagram too. It wasn't like he sent a snap or something yeah. to someone or got yeah. leaked. It was like Insta post. Here I am vaping. Mm. Good on him. What a career. Maybe the storm could sign him for this week. They need him. Yeah. Homecoming. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, patreon.com forward slash NRB rookies and a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers on our subscription service. And they are. Bronco from birth, Chris Davenel, Dave, Rocky and Rafi Stew, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Dan Carnay, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton. I think that's a new one. Frankie, Jake Felix, Farmworth, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Joey, Gooch, Josh Brandon, Kick Souths out of the comp, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Ferguson, Maddie Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my arms, they go a flip, flop, flip, flop, flip, never trendy, party keg, Pete Fulcher, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Schneider Piltscourse, Seymour Butts, Shunter, Stephen Hickey, Stoned Gossard, Swarzy, Ty, TB, The Black Vegetable, The Not So Mature Age Student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Was. Thank you so much for your support. To everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens, thank you as well. Uh, this is probably our longest part of the year, I think, but you know there was a lot to get through. So if you did get through all of it with us, thank you, and we will see you next time. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. That's goodbye from me. <laughs>